Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Not a single trick-or-treater. Where the heck are all the kids at? I even texted all around to my various friends who live in different areas of Missoula. They all said they got none, too. But I saw all sorts of pictures of everybody's kids. So obviously somebody's trick-or-treating. Anyways, what's up, everybody? Welcome in post-Halloween day, November 1st to be exact. Can't believe it's November, but happy to be here. Happy that it's a little chilly. Uh, as I always say... If you, if you moved here, if you're not from here and you're new to Montana, all we ever ask is that you participate. And part of the participation is enduring what many would say are wretched and uh, excruciating winters. I love it. I love pain. I love suffering. And I hope you can enjoy it with me. I, I, I joke, but mostly I just think it's a, a good acclimation process for somebody that's uh, endured, I think, 22 winters in Montana myself. I... Uh, I hope that everybody's prepared for it. So um, I guess 22 winters in Missoula in general. Most of my life I've lived in Montana. only lived outside of Montana for, I guess, what, the first six years of my life? And then uh, about two years after college. So I don't know, whatever the math is there, 28-plus years uh, in Montana. Nobody wants to talk about the weather. You guys want to hear us talk about sports. We have our uh, pretty standard, pretty solidified Wednesday lineup for you today. Sam Hero, uh, Sam Herder Hero Sports will join us right off the top here to talk around the FCS. We also have our Montana State Minute. Nolan Askelson, a senior linebacker for the Montana State Bobcats, a building senior product. Uh, he will join us. We also have Mike Anderson, Grizz hockey coach, uh, chiming in to tell us how the, uh, the most recent road trip to Denver went. Hour number two, we are going to... Um, 
have a renewal of a conversation. Our great friend Megan Harrington produced uh, a couple different really uh, good but also important documentaries. The first, of course, The House That Rob Built, all about the uh, Lady Grizz peerless legendary coach Robin Selvig. And the second was called Native Ball, and it's all about um, Malia Kipp and her uh, trailblazing as a uh, Blackfeet Indian who came down to Montana to play for the Montana Lady Grizz. And uh, the, the film, Native Ball, Legacy of a Trailblazer, it, uh, it's being screened at the uh, UC Theater tonight. And <clears throat> tomorrow, starting on Montana PBS at 730 uh, the film will also be there as well. So this thing debuted at the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival uh, in February. And now that it's through the film festival rotation, now it's going to actually be available in a variety of different places, including on campus tonight uh, at the UC Theater and then um, on PBS tomorrow evening at 7.30, Montana PBS, that is. Malia Kipp herself, as well as Megan Harrington, uh, the documentary filmmaker, they joined us for an interview uh, last February when the Big Sky Doc Fest was upcoming. So we'll share a part of that interview. And then we'll also just talk about the cultural significance of basketball to the Native American peoples around the state of Montana. Our, our awesome book, Montana Greats, by Jeff Welsh, uh, that's highlighting some of the best athletes from 264 Montana communities. Uh, I was texting with Jeff last night. And he said he estimated probably roughly about 30 of the 264 athletes represented in there from small Montana towns are Native American basketball players. And there's certainly been some of the most legendary athletes, period, in Montana have been Native Hoopers. And so I I think there's a cultural conversation to be had there, too, though. There's cultural and societal significance to sports for young people for a variety of different cultures. I mean, it's it's a coming-of-age ceremony both in the past and the present, but on uh, Native reservations across the state of Montana, there's a lot of other depth that goes into that, and basketball certainly has risen to the forefront of what it means to various uh, indigenous peoples throughout Montana. So we'll uh, we'll have that discussion as part of our ESPN roundtable. And we'll also give you a first look at the opponents that are coming to Montana this weekend. Dual home games on Either side of the Continental Divide for the first time in a really long time this football season. Northern Arizona is going to Bozeman to play at Bobcat Stadium against a Montana State team that's licking their wounds but trying to bounce back after losing last week to Idaho. And Sac State is coming to Missoula to face a Grizz team that is, uh, first of all, playing like one of the best teams in the country all of a sudden after a, a, a tough first month of the season. Their second month of the season was as good as you could hope for. And they certainly have revenge on the mind after losing to Sacramento State three matchups in a row. So we'll give you a first look, the Grizz perspective on the Hornets, the Bobcats perspective uh, on Northern Arizona, and then uh, hopefully, depending on what, how the timing of practice gets over, we'll be joined by one of the Highway 1 boys. I love this new nickname. There's a couple young men playing for the Grizz defense that are playing prominent roles there at the University of Montana. Braxton Hills from Anaconda. Jackson Lee is from Phillipsburg. Highway 1 is the Pitler Scenic Highway that connects those two towns. If you've never been there, might I suggest, it is a wonderful uh, part of the world. I mean, it is stunningly beautiful. And, uh, you know, if you ever just want to go on a day trip or just uh, an afternoon drive, 
I don't know, maybe save it for the spring, but I do. I actually really enjoy it this time of year if the roads are good because those Pitler Mountains, when they get covered in snow, are just majestic. It's it's just awesome. And, and if you get it when the sun is right, I don't know. I know I sound like an old person now, but, I mean, if you can't appreciate that, I don't know what you can appreciate. Driving windshield time in the solitude of Montana is absolutely one of my favorite activities. People always ask me, like, man, you travel so much for work. That must be really hard on you. And I'm like, I don't I don't really think so. Like last week I drove to Moscow, Idaho and back. It was awesome. I, I loved just being by myself, being alone with my thoughts, thinking about all sorts of stuff, listening to some fun podcasts, listening to these guys on college game day, and uh, more than anything, just taking in the scenery. I mean, we live in one of the most beautiful parts of the entire planet Earth. So the drive is... Uh, the drive's worth it most of the time, no matter where you're going. But one of the great drives is that Highway 1 drive, and uh, they've been deemed the Highway 1 boys, Braxton Hill and Jackson Lee have. And Jackson Lee, who had a pick six last Saturday in Montana's 40 nothing win over Northern Colorado, he will at least hopefully uh, join us. The only thing that might impede that is just when Grizz practice gets done. But uh, either way, we're certainly going to effort him and uh, hopefully have him on the show uh, a little bit later on. Uh, one more PSA for you before we get to Sam Herter. The Grizz Kids Toy Drive is going on uh, this weekend. So, I mean, this is very easy. Just bring a new unwrapped toy to the Grizz game. doesn't have to be fancy. Any toy that's unwrapped, uh, go ahead and bring it in. And uh, kickoff this weekend's at 6 p.m. The uh, Grizz for Kids will have uh, tables going from 3 to 6. So you, you can find more information at grizz4kids.com. But this is a great cause. Obviously, they're going to give the toys to in-need children around our community that uh, might not be getting Christmas presents otherwise. So certainly a, a great cause. And uh, if you can, please do contribute the grizz for kids toy drive uh, this weekend uh, leading up to the 6 p.m. kickoff for Montana and Sacramento State. This is Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. You want to be a part of the show? You always can. First of all, you can always stream us at 1029ESPN.com just by clicking on Listening Live. You can also always stream us on the ESPN MT app. You can always watch us on SWX Montana Television. And, of course, you can always hear us on the radio right here on 102.9 FM ESPN Missoula. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. You can call it. You can text it. Remember that number because we're going to give you some tasty wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill here in about, oh, I don't know, 35 minutes. Uh, so remember that number, 406-888-1029, and all guests will join us via the Regis Brothers RV phone line, which is where we go right now. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joins us each Wednesday during the 4 o'clock hour. Sam, thanks so much for being here, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, first and foremost, uh, you're so good at the, the playoff prognostications and the bracketology and all that sort of stuff. And now we're getting down to the time of year where you can actually see a little bit of clarity. So uh, we'll start there. I, I don't know if you actually have the specific number, but maybe you do. But there's eight seeds in the FCS playoffs. But in your estimation, how many teams do you think are still alive for those eight seeds? Oh, uh, I would say probably, you know, adding some teams up right now, um, 8, 9, 10, uh, 11, 12. You know, I think there might be 
13-ish teams, you know, still in line for a uh, playoff seed right now, just based off of, uh, you know, some of the results. Like, you know, Western Carolina, for example, they lost their uh, their second game in a row, so that kind of knocks them back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, UIW, they had a non-Division uh, One win, um, and that still counts, but it doesn't count as much. Uh, UIW also had an upcoming game against Northwestern State canceled because Northwestern State uh, canceled its, its entire football season, and so now UIW, you know, um, you know, might only have eight Division One wins, and that could make the way for an eight win. Uh, you know, whether it's a Southern Illinois, Northern Iowa, you know, NDSU gets the eight wins, they could all of a sudden potentially be a seed. And so uh, there's still, you know, a decent amount of teams left that are still uh, fighting for a seed. Um, it's just, you know, a matter of, of separating yourselves in these final few weeks here. If the seeds were doled out today, uh, of course, we still have a whole month worth of uh, three regular season games left in the FCS. If the seeds were doled out today, certainly. South Dakota State would be the one seed. How would you see the rest of the top eight, though? Yeah, that's where it, it gets tricky because, you know, sometimes, it, you know, bracketology, you can just go, okay, if things ended today, this is how things would be seeded. Uh, that's not how I go about it. I, I project ahead and I look at uh, current resumes and, and what's to come. Um, and so I think right now, actually, Idaho has a really good chance for a top two seed. Um, you know, if they win out, uh, which, you know, their, their three remaining uh, opponents are all unranked. And so, you know, I think the Vandals have a good shot to win out. They would be 9-2 and two, uh, with three ranked wins. You add in an FBS win uh, right there. Uh, and I think the Vandals, uh, if they win out, could certainly be that top two seed unless Montana wins out. Because now all of a sudden, you know, after that uh, September that was pretty underwhelming for the Grizz, if Montana wins out, which would, of course, include beating two top ten teams at home sure. on Sac State and Montana State, all of a sudden, you know, just looking at Montana's resume, let's say the Grizz went out, you know, they're 10-1. and one. They have four ranked wins. Three of them are against top seven teams uh, in the country. Uh, there is that non-D1 win, you know, in there. There is that loss to Northern Arizona, which, you know, still kind of sticks out, but you, you can maybe forgive those with, you know, those four ranked wins. All of a sudden, if Montana wins out, you know, the Grizz could be the two seed, and then I think Idaho would be the three seed, and then, uh, you'd be looking at probably like a Furman, you know, as a, as a four seed. And I think Montana State will be, you know, somewhere in that top five uh, um, as well, assuming Montana State, uh, you know, wins its, wins its next two. Man, if the Grizz get to 10 and one, first of all, what a great uh, surge down the stretch that would be. What a great. Uh, coaching job by Bobby Houck, that would be. And also, I will pray for you, my friend, for the way that the uh, Grizz people were going to go crazy on Twitter. And that's not just you. It's everybody else that had an objective lens on this and was thinking that the Grizz maybe uh, were in for a long year uh, after a what seemed like a long September, but they certainly have uh, turned the corner and uh, have put themselves in a position, uh, no doubt, uh, to make a run. Sac State at Montana this week, I guess, first of all, before we get to the, the current matchups, you mentioned Idaho uh, having sort of the inside track at the two-seed, and I think that comes with sort of having the inside track at the Big Sky Conference Championship. The reason that Idaho is in the, the driver's seat right now, I, I do think that actually Montana State is still the most talented team in the conference, and I do think that uh, Mon- Montana's playing as good as anybody but the thing that has Idaho in the driver's seat is that they have already played Sac State, Montana, and Montana State, and they went 2-1 and one against those three teams. And uh, they have a much more favorable schedule 
than the other two uh, Big Sky front runners. So uh, what do you think of just the, the position the Vandals will put themselves in? I mean, it seems like if they can beat Northern Colorado, Weber State, and Idaho State, which they'll be favored in all three, uh, that they certainly have an inside track, not only to a, a seed, but a, uh, also a Big Sky title. Yeah, they. I mean, with that win over uh, number two at the time, Montana State, uh, the Vandals have kind of uh, flipped their season back, uh, you know, in a, in a positive way uh, as well, kind of, you know, similar to, to what Montana did after that, uh, you know, September September showing. And you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if anyone really has a, a great analysis, you know, if we went back in time and, and heard what me and you and a lot of people were saying about Montana in September. Right. I don't know if anyone's analysis of the Grizz uh, has aged well. And I think you can kind of, maybe not to that same, that same extent, but I think, you know, after Idaho lost to Montana, um, some of the shine I think was, was taken off of the Vandals because before that, I mean, Idaho was getting a ton of praise being talked about, you know, is are the Vandals up there with South Dakota state and Montana state as a legit title contender, you know, then the, you know, the Vandals lose, uh, they lost, I wouldn't say decisively, but, you know, that first half physically was really, really impressive by Montana. And so it kind of made us go, okay, maybe, you know, Idaho is still really good, but maybe they're not there just yet. And then the Vandals have a bye, and they kind of, um, you know, kind of just doing their thing in the background. And then they come back from the bye. They beat the number two team uh, in the country. And all of a sudden the Vandals, uh, like I said, you know, they went out um, and they could be a top two seed if, if the Grizz, uh, also, like I said, if the Grizz drop a game um, here, I think Idaho is uh, just looking at their strength of schedule, which is you know going to be top ten uh, in the FCS. Looking at their FBS win, looking at their number of ranked wins, uh, the Vandals went from a team last week at this time that okay, yeah, maybe they're a quarterfinal team, but now all of a sudden it's you know the, the Vandals could be a top two seed, home field advantage, and, and making a, a pretty good run here. So fascinating to see how much they've turned the corner since they hired Jason Eck before last season. Sam Herder, Hero Sports. I hear on Nuan is now ESPN Radio. You can find all his great coverage of the FCS on a national level at Herosports.com. What do you think that the loss then in the Kibbe Dome last week does to Montana State? And what are the scenarios here for MSU? I think that the Cats will, I mean, they're favored by four touchdowns at home against Northern Arizona. It'll be similar next week against Eastern Washington. So barring a, a total disaster. There'll be an eight and two team going into the rivalry game with Montana. What are sort of the scenarios? What do you think last week's loss? How does that impact Montana State's uh, seeding prospects this time of year? Yeah, I think you know Montana State has, you know, they they if they lose that brawl the wild game um, and they do finish eight and three. I still think there is uh, an above fifty percent chance that Montana State still ends up. Uh, being a seed, you know, it's not going to be top four. It's not going to be top five. It might be, uh, you know, in that seven to eight seed range with an eight and three uh, record just because, you know, I still think their like their resume would still be better than uh, UIW, even though UIW would be nine and one. I still think the committee would, would look at those resumes and say, okay, an eight and three Montana State has, has a uh, better resume than a, a nine and one uh, UIW team, for uh, example. But, but you know, once you suffer that third loss, um, you know, y- your risk of not getting the seed, uh, you know, kind of amplifies. I think the last time a three loss team has been seeded uh, was in 2019. Um, so the last couple of years, it's been a bunch of 11 and 0, 10 and 1, um, and, and 9 and 2 teams uh, being, being seeded. And so uh, Montana State, you know, certainly is going to have a, a ton to play for uh, in that Brawl the Wild game. If Montana State does win, uh, you know, then, you know, I think they could still get a top four seed uh, for the Bobcats. You know, they would be, 
uh, nine and two overall. They would have three ranked wins. Uh, all three of those ranked wins were over uh, teams ranked in the top ten at the time. You know, of course, Weber State has dropped off since then, but the, the committee is still going to look at that as as a ranked win and a top ten ranked win. Um, and then you look at the losses. Uh, I mean literally an inch away from beating South Dakota state, literally an inch away from, you know, potentially beating Idaho who could be, you know, the top two seeds in this scenario. And the committee does look at who you lost to and how you lost. And so all of a sudden the nine and two Montana state team, you know, could they be that number three seed or, you know, could they be bumped maybe to the number four seed uh, with Furman at number three? There's, you know, obviously a lot of different things at play, but uh, a top two seed in home field advantage for Montana state is, um, probably not likely unless, you know, like Idaho or, or someone gets upset, but a top four seed for Montana state is, is certainly still in the cards. The Bobcats just have to, you know, handle business and went out from here and then, you know, they'll be in position to do so. Sam Herter, Hero sports here on Nuanas. Now the, uh, the, the unbalanced nature of the Big Sky Conference schedule has been a point of consternation for very many uh, coaches and players and analysts and all that sort of stuff. And uh, there's never going to be a way to, to totally even it out when you have, 12 uh, football playing teams, you only play eight league games. But this year, just completely circumstantially, most of the best, I mean, all of the best teams have to play each other. By the time this is all said and done, SAC will have had to play Montana, Montana State, and Idaho, and on down the line, all of them will have to have played each other. So, first of all, there's not going to be an undefeated Big Sky Conference champion. We all know that already. There's already uh, a one, at least one loss in the loss column for every team in the league. But I also think that this has a chance to actually hurt the league in terms of overall playoff seeding just because, like, let's say SAC loses this week and then maybe again, or even if they lose this week and then win out, they're still going to be on the bubble for a seed, I think. And it also might cost the league uh, overall number of playoff teams as well. So, I mean, what do you think of that dynamic? How many teams do you think at this exact moment the big scale will get in the playoffs? How many teams do you think truly have uh, realistic prospects to get a seed? Yeah, I think... The, the last week at this time, I would have said, that, you know, there's, there's a chance that the Big Sky could get five teams in. Uh, but since then, you know, UC Davis has lost to Northern Arizona, I think is really going to hurt them uh, because UC Davis, who was ranked uh, at the time, I mean, if they were to beat Northern Arizona and then they would, if they were to handle business, uh, you know, this week against Portland State and then, you know, beating Idaho State the next week, you know, UC Davis would have eight wins, be eight and three um, or eight and two. Um, or excuse me, yeah, uh, they would have, um, I'm pulling it up now, you know, they, they would they would have hit uh, seven wins going into the Sac State right. uh, game. But, but now they, they basically have to win out uh, and beat Sac State to uh, to hit seven wins and give themselves uh, a chance. And so that losing to unranked Northern Arizona, I think is really going to hurt UC Davis. Um, I don't know if they're going to beat Sac State, and so that would leave uh, UC Davis out at, at six and five. And so I think right now there are four teams positioned really well out of the big sky, not only to make the playoffs, uh, but to also be seeded. That's Montana, Montana State, Idaho, of course. Um, and I think Sac State is still positioned, uh, you know, pretty well. Um, but they, they would, you know, certainly have to handle business against UC Davis to end the regular season. Uh, but I, I think if Sac State, even if they do lose uh, this game this weekend, they would have a, a pretty interesting resume as far as if they get a seed or not, because, you know, if Sac State loses in Missoula and then they win out, you know, they would be 8-3. and three. They yeah. would have a Power 5 win over Stanford, but yep. they wouldn't have any ranked FCS wins because hmm. uh, I don't think UC Davis is, is going to be ranked, you know, at that point since they've uh, dropped out. So I, I don't I, – is that a good resume for Sac State? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, the, the Montana State loss was 
uh, somewhat close at the end there, but I think Montana State, you know, was starting to roll in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Idaho loss was was relatively close for most of that game, and so you can look at competitive losses for Sac State and say they deserve uh, to get a seed. Plus, you know, no one else has gotten a Power Five win. Uh, all the other FBS wins have been a group of five. So, you know, that's that's the interesting part for Sac State. And if they do go eight and three, you know, how how good is that resume? I, I'm not sure. Sam Herter, Hero Sports here on Duane is now ESPN Radio. So I guess who's got more to gain? Who's got more to lose for this Sac State Montana game on Saturday night in Missoula? I think uh, Montana has uh, more to gain uh, here. I, you know, kind of like I laid out. You know, the Grizz are now in a position to earn a top two seed uh, yep. if they do. Um, if they do win out, but things can go you know the other way. Where if the Grizz do lose this game, and all of a sudden you you, you know the pressure is on for uh, Montana to to win that broad wild because if if Montana, uh, you know, let's just say, for example, they lose uh, this game to Sac State and they also lose the game to Montana State. Right. You know, all of a sudden you're you're eight and three. You have a couple of, you know, ranked wins uh, as well. That could still probably get UC because that Idaho win is, is really going to look good on your resume. Uh, but again, once once you hit that third loss, once you're at eight wins, you're going to be put up against, a, you know, a handful of 10-win teams, nine-win teams, and... Um, you know, your chance at, at a high seed, uh, you know, it's kind of out the window. And so um, I think Montana getting the win here is, is obviously a huge step uh, into getting that, that top two seed. North Dakota State, South Dakota State this weekend, right? Yep. So what do we think of this uh, matchup? That's obviously a, a gigantic rivalry, the premier rivalry in the, the Missouri Valley Football Conference. So um, for the first time in, I mean, South Dakota State was the one team that could figure out a way to beat North Dakota State for all those years when NDSU was pretty much running the table otherwise. And now it's sort of like the tables have turned and South Dakota State's the reigning national champs. They're the undefeated squad. Uh, so what do we think of just sort of the, the dynamics of, of this matchup? Yeah, it's it's been a a weird buildup to this game this week. And honestly, that's because there really hasn't been a buildup, you know, as far as, you know, right. social media. You know, it's... Um, it's been kind of quiet, you know, in, in Fargo, uh, uh, you know, a little bit leading up to this game, you know, not from a media side, but just, you know, from, uh, from fans interacting with, you know, the Dakota marker and any tweets about this upcoming game, you don't, you know, hear a whole lot about NDSU fans. Cause I don't think a whole lot of NDSU fans are confident uh, going into this game. Uh, I did see the, the line. I think South Dakota state is favored by 11 and a half points, uh, which I, I thought it was going to be around 14 and a half points uh, just because on paper, you know, South Dakota State, you know, really has the edge um, in every in every matchup uh, in this one. Now, it you know, it is a rivalry game. Um, you know, the Bison can, can always, you know, show that they are still the Bison and, and put everything into this game and kind of remind the FCS, you know, who they are. Um, you know, I think NDSU is probably going to throw the whole kitchen sink at South Dakota State knowing they, you know, they probably need this win. Um, not only in the short pitcher and their playoff positioning, but also in the big pitcher. Because if, if the Bison lose this game, that's five losses in a row uh, to South Dakota State. And uh, you're losing all your momentum nationally, regionally, you know, in recruiting, um, in, in the spotlight, you know, in, in this area of, uh, of the country. And so um, I think it's going to be relatively close, like maybe a South Dakota State 10-point win um, somewhere around there. I just I do think the Bison are going to play sharp um, and coming in, coming into this kind of throwing everything they got at the Jacks and see if they can knock off the number one team. When, if ever, has North Dakota State lost to the other three Dakota schools? I don't know if that's ever happened. I, um, I don't think so either. That's why I asked. I really don't think it's ever happened. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe in the D2 days, uh, but I didn't start following NDSU until about 2011. Sure. So, I mean, they, maybe there was a year somewhere, um, you know, in the, in the 90s or, or 80s, but... It's um, it's so yeah, rare. I mean, it has it not happened. I almost guarantee you that it has happened very few, if ever, times over the last 50 or 60 years. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I can't think of, of when it when it has been, um, especially, uh, I mean, the UND loss, we, we talked about that quite a bit uh, a few weeks ago and how jarring that was. But, you know, even losing to USD, who, you know, has been solid but not, you know, nationally relevant uh, too much. Uh, so, yeah, it would be uh, pretty striking uh, to see NDSU going 0-3 against the, the three other Dakota schools. He's Sam Herter. You can find all of his awesome national FCS coverage at Hero Sports dot com in association with bet mgm and you can also find him each week here uh, to lead the show each wednesday sam appreciate the time man thanks so much for being here and uh best time of year can't uh, can't wait to chat again we'll see you next week all right see you then well it's now espn radio swx montana television and the espn mt app montana state had a nationally regarded recruiting class Back in 2018, they signed 32 players in Hero Sports. Sam and his uh, crew ranked it as the number three recruiting class in the country. Well, by the next year, more than half of them were gone. And by the pandemic year, pretty much all of them were gone. There's only five young men from that recruiting class still playing at Montana State. One of them is a former Montana AA Defensive Player of the Year, a former state champion out of building senior, and the man who wears the legacy number at Montana State. Nolan Askelson's our guest next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. One thing I did not lament nearly as much, uh, only because it was like in the 60s all the way until like early week last week, was just this abrupt end to golf season. Played a lot of golf this year. I'm trying to play as much golf as I can. And uh, man, then it was just, I also got to play on the road a couple times this year. Played down in St. George. Um, played in uh, at uh, uh, Circling Raven before the Montana-Idaho game, so certainly some uh, golf trips, too. So that was all awesome, and then all of a sudden, boom, it froze, and then all the golf courses closed, and, uh, and we didn't even really get to have, like, that last round of the year where you're soaking it in and, you know, seeing what you can do and, and uh, enjoying it. 
just weird, just wild. But thanks to our uh, our great golf uh, partners and all of our great golf friends as well, uh, Canyon River, King Ranch, a lot of great golf to be played here uh, in the city of Missoula. We'll turn now for our Montana State Minute here on Nuanas Now. Talking all things Bobcat football, we're joined now by senior captain linebacker Nolan Askelson. He's a billing senior product and wearing the number 41 legacy number there at MSU. Nolan, thanks for taking some time, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Getting getting back to healthy here. Well, let, let's talk just about sort of the, the bounce back from Saturday. You guys lost uh, at Idaho at the Kibbe Dome, and this is a, sort of a unique experience, at least over these last couple of years, in terms of having to bounce back from a loss in the midst of the Big Sky Conference season. You guys have lost a couple times, but either in the non-conference or right before the playoffs, never right in the, in the middle of the season. So, I mean, what's that dynamic like, and uh, how, how did it go today? I know we're talking here on a Monday. How did it go just in terms of getting back on the practice field? Yeah, man, it, it was good. Um, in the middle of the season like this, you know, usually, like you said, you know, sometimes we lost right before the playoffs and had that bye to get right, or we lo- lose a non-conference game and then, you know, kind of play play a team that maybe we're a little bit better than. But, you know, in the middle of the conference, it's definitely different. Just got to go right back to work, man. Got to look at the film and be, be honest with ourselves, uh, see what we did wrong, see what we did well, too. And see, there's, there's plenty to build on. Um, a lot of easily correctable stuff that, you know, we just got to gotta keep working on it and keep getting better at and, you know, you don't have a lot of time to sit around and sulk in it, which is kind of nice. You know, we're right back out here Monday making corrections and getting ready for NAU. Absolutely. Uh, no no time, no rest for the weary. That's certainly for sure. Well, let's talk about some of the positives then coming out of Saturday because uh, the defense was on the field for 41 minutes and 18 seconds. I mean, that's an unbelievable number for you guys. And when you consider that, giving up just 24 points to one of the best offenses in the United States is a pretty darn good effort. But I know probably frustrating to be out there as long as you guys were as well. So what was it like being out there? Also, what were some of the positive takeaways you had from this last weekend? Obviously, it was frustrating out there at times just with the long drives they built up. And we got them in a lot of third and fourth downs and just, just couldn't get them off the field, which is definitely frustrating. But... You know, I think we did a good job uh, containing the run game. I know number five, Woods, is, is a heck of a back, man. I'd say he's one of the best we've seen. I think we did a pretty good job keeping him corralled, uh, kept McCoy in the pocket, and, and made him be a passer, which obviously he's a very accurate, very good passer. But, I mean, that's kind of what we wanted to do is keep him in the pocket. You know, we executed some parts of the game plan pretty well, but definitely some other stuff that we needed to do better. Well, still plenty uh, out in front of you for you and a whole bunch of other teams in the Big Sky as well. So, I mean, what have you thought just about the Big Sky so far this year? Uh, It's been pretty unpredictable, pretty crazy, and now here we are with a whole bunch of teams still in the race for the conference title headed into November. Yeah, man, I I love it. Um, I think that's how the Big Sky should be. I think it's been a little bit different in the last few years past where it's kind of been pretty top-heavy, but I think you know pretty much everybody in the conference can, can go out and win every Saturday, and you're going to get good games no matter who you're playing. So um, I love that. I love being able to compete every week. You know, you never know who's going to come out on top of these games, and it's, it's a lot of fun to, to be a part of and to get to watch some of those other games. Nolan Askelson joining us here on ESPN Radio. He's a senior linebacker for the Montana State Bobcats. They are coming off a 24-21 loss to Idaho. They host Northern Arizona Saturday. Uh, last thing about the here and now, and then we'll talk a little bit about your career. It's into November now. I mean, this is like like they say, the games that you remember are played in November, right? I mean, there's a million sayings that all the coaches have. And you guys have, have made a habit of playing games through November and December as well. So I, still, I know there's still a lot out in front of you. But what's it like when it shifts to this month on the calendar? Man, just the urgency just picks up, man. And Yeah, everybody, you know, every, all the games start to mean a little bit more. Not that, you know, they don't mean a lot at the beginning of the season, but... You know, you just feel that urgency pick up. And, you know, especially as a senior now, I'm really starting to feel, you know, it's winding down, man. we only got so many games left. So 
Um, I think everybody feels that and cranks it up just that, that much more so we can keep playing as long as we're able to. Well, let's talk about your time then at Montana State. I know that you've gone through so much, battled so many different injuries, but here you are now as a senior and a captain wearing the legacy number. So, first of all, I've talked to several of your other classmates, the other senior guys about this too. When it comes to just enjoying it, enjoying the moment and, and soaking it all in, how have you gone about that? And, and uh, I mean, has it started to sink in that, that your days as a Bobcat are, are winding down? You know, you want to soak it in, but also you got to stay focused and keep working. Uh, just keep moving forward. You can't really stop. And, and, you know, you can definitely take time to appreciate it, but you got to always keep your eyes up, keep moving forward. So um, I think the main thing is just soaking in my time with all these guys. I, you know, I love this team. I love all my teammates. Um, so just enjoying that time I got together with them, spending extra time in the locker room, you know, uh, just being around these guys as much as possible, uh, just doing that as much as I can. Well, it's an awesome time in your life, and I know you'll always look back on this and, and remember these times fondly. What have you thought about just going through this whole experience with the guys that are in your class? I mean, this has been a, a crazy and weird time in college athletics and at Montana State, too, with a coaching transition several years back. And, of course, you know, the pandemic and all that went along with that. So what have you thought of just going through it with this group of guys that you've done it with? It, it's been awesome, man. Um you know, I remember coming in as a freshman. We had, I want to say, 32 guys in our class. So I think it was Hero Sports or somebody said we were, you know, number three ranked class in the SDS, best class Montana State had ever gotten. And it just dwindled down pretty quick. I think by the next year, we only had about 14 of us left. And all the way down to here, you know, there's only five of us left between me, Trayton, Derek, Lane, and Lavelle Price. So, you know, I, I loved all those dudes that stuck it out for, for the four or five years, but uh, this group that stuck it out for six years, man, are, are really brothers to me. You know, obviously, me, Trayton, and Lane being Montana guys, we had those ties, and we're really tight. Uh, Derek has become one of my best friends. Obviously, he's my roommate, so I love doing it with him. And then I think Lavelle, man, is just, I, I love that kid and his relentless, you know, effort in this program. And just for him to stick it out, you know, obviously sitting behind Ty Okada is it, a tough spot to be because that kid was such a stud. But um, I think everybody saw what Lavelle could be, but he was just waiting his turn, man. And I was so dang proud of that kid for sticking it out. And, you know, here he is having a breakout season just like everybody thought, thought he would. So uh, I just love all those guys, man. They've put in so much work. And we've been through, like, a, a lot, like you said, coaching changes, uh, up and down seasons. But we've always just stuck together and, and – just had great times together, and I'm definitely going to remember all those guys for the rest of my life. I love the Montana angle of that for some of you guys that have been around since the beginning. And, and at this point, I mean, Snell's got to be like an honorary Montanan, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd say that's about as close as you can get. I love it. Nolan Askelson here uh, on Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Uh, for you, I mean, I know that the, the knee injuries have, have been brutal for you, but you've kept coming back. So, I mean, what have been the things that have kept you motivated through all that, and how have you been able to persevere through all that? I just love this damn team so much, man. I love all my teammates. Um, you know, the stuff we go through together uh, just creates such strong bonds, you know. Just the way we do things around here and, and the type of work we put in, it's just you create those inseparable bonds with these guys, man. And, you know, they're doing so much for you. You, you never want to let those guys down. So, in my mind, if I ever had a chance to come back and, you know, get healthy and help this team win games and uh, help help my teammates succeed, you know, that's, that's all I ever wanted to do. And I just wanted to be out here with these guys again because – I just have so much fun with all of them. So, you know, this my days of playing football are windling down, so I definitely had to get as many as I could. And wearing the, the, the jersey that you get to wear, I mean, I know that this is uh, something that's been going on now for a while, and uh, it's it's gained quite a bit of prestige and tradition. So what have you thought of being number 41? It's been awesome, man. It's, it's, it's a true honor for sure. 
um, like I've said a lot, you know, just looking back at the guys who've worn it before me and think I'm being, you know, mentioned with them is, is pretty special because those are all guys that I looked up to and respected so much. We're great, great players, but also just great people and great leaders. So uh, it's been pretty special, man. And, you know, some, some little kids that come up and, and just know me, not really know me, but know the number and, and come say what's up or, or wearing my jersey. Um, it, it's pretty special, and I'm definitely super grateful for that. And, and some of those memories, I, again, I'll remember for a long time. Nolan Askelson here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. He's a senior linebacker there at Montana State. Uh, last couple of things for you. First of all, let's talk about NAU. I know we're only talking on a Monday, so you're probably just diving into it. But, uh, I mean, as you mentioned, every every game in the Big Sky is a huge challenge. So uh, what's the keys for you guys this weekend? Well, I think first is just bouncing back, man. we got to bring the right mentality. Like I said, we can't beat ourselves up too much or – you know, hang on that loss for too long, man. We got to get right back to work. But um, you know, it's a good football team, so we're gonna have to bring it. Got to expect their best shot, just like every team. Um, but they like to swing the swing the rock around, so gotta make sure our pass rush is getting home and, and give them time to get home in the back end, and make sure we're doing a good job uh, covering up routes, recognizing formations, and you know, same same as usual. You know, it's, it's a new week and a new team, but uh, the recipe is usually pretty similar. Well, last thing for you, and I know that you'll probably be able to answer this better in a couple months, but I'll ask you now when I got it, got you here. Uh, what what sort of impact do you think that this entire experience has had just on your life? And what have you learned from just these last handful of years being a Bobcat? Oh, so much. That's, that's a tough one. Man, I think just, just growing as a man, um, learning who I am and, and my values and, you know, what I believe in, um, just being around so many, obviously, different coaches who – who have different philosophies, but also just being around different teammates who are from so many different perspectives, I think is truly a blessing to be able to, you know, interact with so many different people and hear so many different sides of things and, you know, how people view things and what they think. And uh, being able to just take all that stuff in and and build your own identity and and your own beliefs um, is just really helped shape who I am. And uh, just, just that respect and that work ethic that you have to have to play here. This culture we have here, you got to be tough and you got to work hard. And, and you got to show respect to everybody. And I think just those interactions and being able to deal with people um, is something that I'm definitely going to take into the real world and, and I think be able to apply in, in any job that I have going forward. Well, it's one of the coolest parts about college sports in general, one of the coolest parts about covering sports in the state of Montana. Nolan Askelson here on to on now. Man, it seems like yesterday you were a Wildcat quarterback for the Billing Senior Brocks, and now here you are as a, a super senior there for the Cats. Proud of you, man, and thanks so much for taking some time with us here today. Yeah, no, appreciate you, Coulter. Appreciate all the coverage you've given me. Um, you guys do great work over there, so thank you. It really is a, an interesting deal when you, you do this long enough that you get to see young men from start to finish. I, mean, I remember the first time I ever interviewed Nolan Askelson. It was after his junior year when Billings Sr. had won the state championship. And I remember interviewing him when he committed to the Cats. And, and here he is six years later, I guess seven years after committing and six years after first arriving on campus at Montana State. And uh, it's amazing just to see how much can change, like in the world and just at large, but also with an individual as well, but also how much remains the same. I mean, he's still a, a great competitor, an awesome football player. He's had to go through so much. He's had terrible knee injuries a couple times, and he's fought through it. And uh, now he's playing out his last year. And as you heard there in that interview, uh, he's certainly trying to make the best of it. Nuanas Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. 
uh, in somber news, I, I know by the by the end of his coaching career and certainly the end of his life, Bobby Knight was certainly a polarizing figure. Uh, his his coaching career did not end uh, how uh, you know in, in any sort of romantic fashion. And then there's been the stuff that's come out afterwards, and and sort of a lot of it got tarnished. But but at his height, I, I think that Bobby Knight reached a a point that very few coaches reach, where he was synonymous with the game he coached, college basketball, and he was certainly one of the great coaches in the history of the game. He still has the unbelievable distinction of being the last head coach to lead a team to an undefeated season when he led Indiana to an undefeated season in 1976. He won three national championships overall with the Hoosiers, and uh, he also was Mike Krzyzewski's coach when Mike Krzyzewski played at West Point as well. Uh, Bobby Knight uh, just passed away. I just read that on Twitter while we were playing that interview. And a guy that uh, kept Montana close to his heart. He didn't have any ties here from the past, but he came here a bunch. He had a house in Ennis. He would fish the Madison River and, and hunt uh, in, in, that, in Madison County, that part of the world. And uh, it's funny, you know, now that I've gotten older, people ask me, you know, who's the most famous person you've met through your sports writing and sports broadcasting career? And I always say that there's a whole bunch of guys that are in in uh, in competition for second place. But the most famous person I've ever interviewed, and the most famous person I've ever spent time with, is is the general, Bobby Knight. So um, certainly someone that has significance to me, and certainly somebody that has tremendous significance uh, to the game of basketball. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about Coach Knight a little later on in the show and uh, throughout the week as well. I believe Bobby Knight, 83 at the age of his passing. So uh, happy trails uh, to Bobby Knight. Chris Hockey on the other side. Mike Anderson, head coach, joins us next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country and you have full access to our full manufacturing shop you can look in the case you don't have to start out designing something you can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience jewelry design center now open in missoula at 2501 brook street across from the montana club jewelry design center your jeweler for life ESPN Radio. I remember this song first came out. I was unsure if it was a joke or serious. And I'm still unsure. <laughs> I don't really care. Because even if it's a joke, it's still good. And even if it's not a joke, it's still good. A little darkness for you here on your Wednesday. It's uh, it's getting dark earlier. That's weird. It's weird when you go uh, to the gym early and it's pitch black. And then you get done with work at 6 and it's pitch black <laughs> hence living in the the rocky mountains at least we got all sorts of fun sports to keep us happy during the winter time including the grizz hockey team grizz hockey uh chugging along so far this season and each wednesday we'll give you the opportunity uh to catch up with the grizz hockey team as well as win yourself some wings from the desperado sports tavern and grill it's wing it wednesday presented by the despo you want some wings Text us, 406-888-1029. Any and all texts will get you entered in, and then we'll pick a winner 
I don't know, let's do something funny or fun or, I don't know, give us your your best sports take uh, of the uh, the week. 406-888-1029. Do we have Coach Anderson? We do. So I'd normally have you call, but we're having text because uh, Mike Anderson's on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. He is the head coach of the Grizz hockey team. Uh, Grizz hockey now 7-6 and six after they made their way back uh, from their recent road trip, and they got... Um, couple more road games. These guys are becoming road warriors already early on here uh, in the year. Coach, thanks for being here, man. First of all, uh, just tell us about the weekend. I know you guys played uh, three straight again, uh, Metro State once and then Denver University twice. So uh, just take us through it. What did you think of your team's performance? Hey, Colter. Uh, yeah, good to be back. Sorry I missed it last week. We were on the bus for that aforementioned uh, road trip here. And, you know, we had a really good game uh, Thursday night. It's a really good MSU Denver team that when they played uh, Montana State after us, they had really close games. And, and we've talked about, you know, Montana State's, you know, level of play. And, and so it's really good that we beat them and then uh, went to go play DU um, twice. We beat them pretty handily the first night. We really, I think, came out uh, probably one of our best games of the year, uh, if not our best. And then the next night, really that third, third game in three days after – Hours and hours on a bus, I think, kind of cut up to our legs. We still gave everything we had, but they they were playing desperate for their only win for the weekend, and and uh, they eked out one past us. So uh, we actually, if there was maybe three seconds left, we would have tied it. We were playing six on five and scored a goal, but the time had, had already gone by. So uh, I was really impressed with our effort throughout the weekend. It was a really well-timed trip for us, you know, coming off um, losing a, you know four or five games. It really uh, righted the ship quite a bit and, and found our legs and found our game, and, and we're feeling pretty good about ourselves right now. Well, I know we talked uh, coming out of the previous uh, homestand weekend uh, about the various things you, you wanted to work on, you wanted to see improve. What improvements did you see, and uh, how is that translated? I mean, when you do address uh, certain things that you want to see, get better how's the team absorbed that it seems like you guys are making progress in that direction so what sort of things did you see improve and what do you like about that element of your team right now really it what really improved those those weekends were those are off puck movement really really our guys uh, on the forecheck and, and back checking um in those transitional moments we had a lot of pace to our game so when there's a turnover whether you have the puck or not um we were moving and that always gives you a good um a good advantage against the other team. If the other team's flat footed and, and reacting and you're you're moving and being proactive, you're gonna win a lot more loose puck battles, a lot more fifty fifty battles and uh, end up on offense more than not. So that was a big improvement from the weekend before against Boise where we kinda of played on our heels and we're being reactive. We really were on our toes and, and we're pushing the pace of play pretty much the whole weekend and, and in charge of the puck. Even if we didn't have it we were it felt like we were more in control. And defensively, we played a lot better in our own zone. We were in good positions, um, keeping guys net side and making sure our, our goalies had good lanes and uh, for vision and seeing pucks come through and, and, and winning those loose puck battles in our own zone as well. So it's it's all kind of coach jargon and talk, but it, it's those little things that really add up to big moments. We have a lot of skill on our team, a lot of good players. It's just about consistently doing the small things, and we were able to do that this weekend. Well, it is so fascinating because uh, there's just some stuff is just intangible, right? But pace is so important in certain sports. Like you can definitely get by without pace in, in sports that are so overwhelmingly predicated on power and strength. And you certainly need power and strength in hockey as well. But there's also the finesse <laughs> element, the creativity that we talk about. I mean, I think about this in golf all the time too, right? I mean, 
I had to learn this. I, I can hit the ball as far as anybody I know, but you hit it over the highway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you got to figure out how to have some have some yeah. base and uh, you know reel it in. And, but I mean, it just seems like that's an essential part. So when you say that, it doesn't sound like jargon. It does seem like that's a that's a big step for just the way that your team in general sees the game. Yeah, and one one big issue we were having is on our on our breakouts and our zone entries. We were just turning pucks over at the blue lines, and and if you've played hockey before, you've definitely had some coach tell you not to do that. Uh, growing up, we always called it the danger zones, and that's because if you turn it over at your own blue line, you're giving them a really uh, quick transitional chance against your team as you're probably heading up ice. So everyone's hips are the wrong way, everyone's momentum is the wrong way, and it usually leads to a good chance. If you turn it over at their blue line on an entry. Same thing, except now they have more pace to, to enter your zone with uh, with numbers. So we really cleaned that up last weekend, and then we're getting pucks deeper into corners. We didn't have anything to enter clean, and we were making sure pucks got out better. Of course, we still had those moments, but it wasn't anywhere near as bad as before. So that really helped us uh, keep pucks out of our net by just getting them deep when we needed to or getting them out if we had nothing else. Because I've certainly been on the road plenty this year, but it's been interesting because it's been – Home and away, home and away, home and away. Now you're you're uh, you're back here right now, but you're on the road again, uh, starting tomorrow, and you got games uh, on Friday uh, and Saturday playing against Utah State and Weber State. So uh, teams you've seen on the schedule already. So I mean, two part. What's it like having back to back road trips, and also what's the dynamic like when you have to play uh, two more familiar opponents that you've already played so far this year? Uh, back to back on the road, it kind of you're talking about. You know, pace it made me think of rhythm. It kind of gets you in a rhythm a little bit, to be honest. To to know you're going on the road two weekends in a row. Everyone's pretty used to the bus at this point, and and what that travel feels like. So in some ways, road games are a little bit easier to perform. There's less going on around you. Uh, you're more isolated from from your outside life. It's just you and your teammates. So uh, we're we're really doing a lot better on the road this year than we've done in the past. I think it's because we've We've really simplified it and, and just embraced the fact that that's all we're really there to do, uh, which can which can be nice. And so we're I don't think it's going to be anything uh, negative going back out there. We're excited to play those two teams. I think the scores weren't overly indicative of how we played against them at home, and we're really excited to give them a chance to go beat them at their ranks and and show that those first two games weren't weren't exactly how they should have gone. Mike Anderson here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Chris Hockey playing down in the Beehive State. Utah State, Friday night, 7 p.m., puck drop. And then uh, Weber State on Saturday, 7.15, puck drop there. Uh, you can find both the games on the ESPN MT app and uh, also on 102.9 FM ESPN Radio. Uh, anything left to add, Coach? I mean, what are the, what are the keys uh, for a successful road trip this upcoming weekend? Uh, I think for the first night is really just making sure that when we get off the bus, we stay active and are moving at the hotel for a bit and that, you know, we get in a good routine so that our bodies are ready to perform. And then just sticking to the basic things that we've been focusing on, really making sure that our D zone is clean and we're getting pucks out. We're not forcing anything. And then our entries are solid. And once we get pucks behind teams, we have a very, uh, a very skilled group that knows how to grind it out in the corners too. And once we're in those corners and, and making plays from, from the wall or below, we're really dangerous and teams start to collapse. It can move box high. We know how to play there too. So once we, you know, once we get rolling, we're really hard to, to play against. And I'm excited to see, 
see that happen again this weekend, you know, and making sure that uh, we're the ones dictating play and, and we're in control and, and making sure that we uh, we give our goalies a chance to make saves and clear out those second and third chances and, and get get the heck up ice and get attacking again. That's what we really want to be as a team that our best defense is a, is a really strong offense. So that's what we're hoping to see this weekend is just a lot of good hockey and a lot of good plays being made. There you go, Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey. Good luck, man. Best of uh, luck and safe travels, and thanks for being here. We'll talk to you next week. All right, we'll see you, Colter. Wing Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We got free wings for you. Keep the text coming in, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Text us right now if you want some wings, and we'll pick a winner during this year break. Hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. The debut of Native Ball. A documentary about Malia Kipp, a lady Chris great, and a trailblazer for indigenous peoples around Montana. It has already premiered, but it will be uh, screened tonight at the UC Theater, and it'll debut on Montana PBS tomorrow at 7.30. We'll talk Native Ball. We'll also talk Robert Montgomery Knight on the other side. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 